I'm Chad Roberts, and you're listening to Awakened to Grace. Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a sermon entitled Satan Exposed and Israel Explained. We are in a series walking our way through the book of Revelation. Today we come to chapter 12, and there are many interpretive challenges to chapter 12, but by God's grace, we're going verse by verse, in some cases, phrase for phrase and word for word. And today we are in part two of chapter 12 on this edition of Awakened to Grace. So, just to recap, who is the woman? It's the nation of Israel who gave birth to Christ. See, that's why Satan hates the Jews. The Jews gave us the word of God. The Jews gave us the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan hates them for it. That's why there's a spirit of anti-Semitism in the earth and always has been. So the woman represents Israel. This great, vile, red dragon represents Satan. The male child represents Christ who will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Next. Verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. So let's pause right there, Caleb. I'm going to have you read that again in just a moment. So when Scripture says that the woman fled into the wilderness. Now say amen if you're with me because I, I want you to catch this, okay? I want you to, I want you to, to, to make these links in the Scriptures because it, it, it will it, it'll pull all the pieces together to where you can see. You can see. Uh, another way to say it, let's take the 30,000 foot view here. And see God's plan. The woman flees into the wilderness. Now what's this speaking of? Daniel chapter 9 verse 27. Which we've already covered here in our series. And you can go back and listen to that if you missed it. Daniel 9 27. At the midway point of the tribulation. This antichrist. This pseudo Christ. The Bible says will set up an idol in the temple for people to worship him. When this happens, the blindness that has been on Israel is going to come off, and the Jews are going to see with crystal clear clarity. They are going to run from the Antichrist, because what did we say? The spirit of anti-Semitism is the spirit of Satan. And they're going to run from him. They're going to flee. They're going to, they're going to run from Israel. They're going to run from Jerusalem, from Judea. And what's the time span? Three and a half years. We're going to come and and, and we'll tie all this up in just a moment. So understand where we are. Here are the links. Daniel 9.27 says that at the midway point of that seven years, that's three and a half years, 
the Antichrist will do what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He'll set up what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation. That will be the idol worship of the Antichrist. Just like when King Nebuchadnezzar made the shrine to himself of gold and demanded worship. And what happened in the book of Daniel? Oh, 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 this is so good. Oh, I love this. What happened in the book of Daniel when King Nebuchadnezzar demanded worship? Do you remember what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God supernaturally protected them. Friends, the book of Daniel, it is symbolic to these last days. And what will happen is the Antichrist will demand idol worship. The Jews will flee. God will supernaturally protect them. But let me ask you a question. Where is the prophet Daniel? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his best friends, where is he when they're thrown into the fiery furnace? Why is there no mention of him? Odds are he's out of the country. Odds are he's away on business. But you know what I believe it's a picture of? The church is gone. We will not be on the earth during this time period. I think it's an incredible picture of what is to come. And just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were protected through the fiery furnace, Israel is going to be protected by God during this unbelievable time for three and a half years. Where is the place that God has prepared for them? When I tell you what scholars estimate, they think it's the city Petra in Jordan. If you, perhaps some of you have been to Petra. If you've never been there, look up pictures of it. It is remarkable. And many scholars believe that God will supernaturally cover the Jews and they will hide in the city of Petra. And as a matter of fact, you know, for years now, Christians have been purchasing Bibles and putting them in Petra in preparation for these days for these Jewish people. Now, let's look at this cosmic war in the heavenlies. Read that again, please. Verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now let's pause right there. Now very interesting. Uh, again, church... While you and I live in this present age and in our flesh here, if you're going to be a serious student of God's Word, you have to understand there are things that our eyes cannot see. And here is a picture of it. This is a war taking place in the heavenlies. Do you know that the book of Numbers talks about the book of the war of the Lord, wars of the Lord. What are those? We don't know. Remember, we see through a glass dimly. But I believe the Lord gives us a glimpse into this cosmic battle between Satan and his rival. Now, make this clear Jesus is not the rival of Satan, 
Now, remember, I'm blind. I can't see you. Are you with me right now? Jesus is not the rival of Satan. Jesus is the creator of all things. Do you know who Satan's rival is? Michael, the archangel. That's his rival. And we see this cosmic war happening in the heavenlies. What a glimpse that God gives our natural eyes. He gives us this spiritual glimpse into the heavenlies, into this war. But listen, this should not shock us as students of the word. Remember when Elisha was surrounded by the Syrian army? And who was surrounding the Syrian army? Chariots of fire and angels of fire. Amen. The Bible says that as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. There is a divine protection over the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It should not surprise us. Remember when Daniel prayed and his prayer was delayed for three weeks, for 21 days? Why was his prayer delayed? Because Michael was warring in the heavenlies. Very interesting. And I've said it before in this series, and I say it again. Because there is a supernatural world, because there is something beyond this flesh and blood, I cannot stress it enough. Do not live for this world alone. Do not live for what you see. Do not live for this temporary. Live for what is eternal. So... Michael and his angels, what do we say? It's two to one. It's pretty good odds. Michael and his angels defeat Satan and his angels. They are cast down. Now the question is, when does this happen? Was this before the Garden of Eden or is this future tense? Which is it? I believe it's future tense. I believe Satan was cast down, as Scripture says, Ezekiel I believe 21, Isaiah 14. Satan fell as lightning from the sky. In, in the, that was before the Garden of Eden. He was cast down. But see, we know through the book of Job that he can appear before the courts of heaven and accuse us before God. He still has that access. As Scripture is going to say in one moment, he is the accuser of the brethren and he accuses us day and night. But I believe that this is At the midpoint of the tribulation, the reason I believe that is because then he knows his time is short. And I believe Revelation is in perfect chronological order here. And I believe that this is going to come. And I believe Satan will once and for all be kicked out of heaven. Once and for all. And what's John going to say in just a moment? Caleb will read it for us. We have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. We've overcome him by the word of our testimony. And we love not our life even unto death. And then he says, therefore, here's the conclusion. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Friends, that's going to be us. This is after the rapture. We are around the throne of God, Revelation 4 and 5. We're watching the events, Revelation 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and up to this point, 11 and 12. And we're watching it all from the balconies of heaven. And I'm telling you, when Satan gets permanently kicked out of heaven, he says, heavens and all who in them rejoice. And we are going to shout hallelujah. And we're going to watch it all. 
Huh. Wow. Where are we, Caleb? Let's continue. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. So I, I want you to think about this. We will shout hallelujah. We will, we will declare that salvation belongs to our God. But can you imagine how martyrs are going to rejoice? Can you imagine how those who were burned at the stakes, those who were sawed asunder, those who were fed to the lions, those who Nero hoisted on beams, and lit them on fire to light his garden. Those who will be killed during the tribulation period. Those who will be killed by the Antichrist himself. Can you imagine how those souls are going to rejoice? Next, please. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. But the devil has come down to you in great wrath. Because he knows that his time is short. See, we say it now in this church age. Satan knows his time is short. And there's a grain of truth to that. But I don't think that's quite accurate compared to right here. I believe, I believe this will be real time. and Satan will know. See, what, what, what will he know? Friends, remember where we are in the book. And we're going to see it again in just a second. At this point... Of Revelation, there are 42 months left of human history. And you know how specific the Holy Spirit gets? He calls it time, times, and half a time. He calls it 42 months. Friends, he gets so specific, 1,260 days. Friends, that's precision. And God has it all planned out. Continue. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Okay, so let's pause right there. Why is the dragon pursuing the woman? Why is Satan going to come after Israel? If you're going to take notes, note this thread. When God pronounced judgment in the Garden of Eden, that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. What's that mean? He's going to overcome Satan. Christ will redeem mankind. And Satan knew that. He understood it. Satan got busy with the plan. And watch the thread of history. Watch it. Say amen if you're with me. Amen. What time is it? 1212. Oh, okay. I got, okay yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. It would be interesting for you to note this. I want you to watch the thread. Satan influenced Cain to kill Abel. Why? To kill the seed. To kill the bloodline. To kill the coming Christ. But who did God raise up? Seth. You fast forward. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. The fallen angels tried to contaminate all of the DNA. But Noah was without blemish. What's that mean? His DNA was without blemish. 
And God destroyed the world through the flood. But who did God raise up? Who did God spare? Noah and his family. You fast forward to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And who tried to kill Jacob? His brother Esau. But God preserved Jacob, bringing the 12 sons of Jacob. And who did God preserve? Joseph, down in Egypt. 400 years later, Pharaoh rises up. And who does he try to kill? All the infants, all the young boys of Israel. But who does God preserve? Moses. Fast forward. The line of David is established. Christ will come of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. A wicked man, a pre-Adolf Hitler named Haman rises up, tries to exterminate all of the Jews. But who does God raise up? Queen Esther and Mordecai. For such a time as this. Then the very Son of God comes in due season and is born of a virgin woman, Mary. And this wicked man, King Herod, once again tries to exterminate. But what does God do? He preserves him. Then you fast forward to AD 70. And as we study throughout our series, this wicked man, Titus, the general, the prince of the Roman army, tries to exterminate the Jewish people. But what did Christ predict 38 years before? When you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, you get out of Judea, you get out of Jerusalem, for it's going to be crushed. And the historian Josephus tells us that the Christians who followed Jesus, they got out of the city and God spared a multitude. But from AD 70 to our day, the 1900s, there was no Jewish state. It lied desolate as Daniel 9, 24, 25, and 26 predicted thousands of years before. And now you fast forward to our day. Satan raised up a demon-possessed wicked man named Adolf Hitler. And what did he try to do? He tried to exterminate the Jews. But what did God birth out of the pain of the Holocaust? May 14th, 1948, Israel became a state. And God's prophetic clock began to tick. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You can see a thread through all of history. Why does Satan hate the Jews? Because they are God's chosen people. Now there's a doctrine called replacement theology. That some, and very good brothers and sisters in the Lord, but I disagree with them. Some try to replace Israel with the church. Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. To as many as did receive him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, the sons of God. But I don't hold to replacement theology. My view of Israel can be found in Romans 11. Read it for yourself. God is not done with the Jews. He will 
restore them to the kingdom of God. And when will it come? When that dragon, that vile, cruel, red dragon, unleashes a holocaust on the earth like it's never seen. But God, for 1260 days, for three and a half years, for time, times, and half a time, he will supernaturally protect them. Let's continue. Verse 14. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. So let's pause there. What does this wings of an eagle mean? She was given the wings of a great eagle. What, what does that mean? Three possibilities. Could this be airplanes? Could John have seen airplanes and just... <laughs> he didn't have the vocabulary, so he says, wings like an eagle? It's very interesting. If Petra is where God has chosen, that's only 400 kilometers from Jerusalem. I don't know. Number two, could it mean the United States of America? Could it be that we will come to Israel's aid? I don't think so. It could, but it's only speculation. But ultimately, what does it mean? What did we say? 404 verses in Revelation, 800 references back to the Old Testament. And what did God tell Moses when God delivered them out of the ten plagues of Egypt and he crossed the Red Sea and he led them into the wilderness? What did God say as he gave the Ten Commandments? Tell my people, I have borne them on eagles' wings. So whether God uses the United States, whether God uses airplanes, that's not my concern. The point is God will supernaturally protect his people just like he did in the days of Pharaoh and just like he did in the days of the Red Sea. Amen? Next. Verse 15. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. I think this is a reference back to Numbers. Do you remember when Korah led a rebellion against Moses and his leadership? And do you remember what God did? The earth opened up and swallowed them whole. Again, you interpret Revelation through the eyes of the Old Testament. Go ahead. And finally, verse 17, then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Wow. So watch what happens. God supernaturally protects them and God will keep them for 1260 days, for three and a half years, for time, times, and half a time. The dragon is furious, and now he's going to turn his attention toward the remnant, toward the rest of the people of God. Why? Here's what you have to understand. Satan believes, and he has always believed, and he will continue to believe that he can thwart the plans of God. But friends, he can't. 
And that's the purpose of the book of Revelation, is to give you and I the confidence that at times Satan may look like he's winning the battle, but he will not win the war. And so it is in your life today. If Satan's battling you, if Satan feels like he's crushing you, if there's a great battle going on in your soul today, in your life today, in your family today, in your heart today, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, he will not win the war. He won't. That's why God gives us revelation. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be scared of it. Your God is in control of every step. Every step.